brothers and sisters, what do you picture heaven to be like? I think people have a lot of of different ideas about heaven and what types of things will be there. God doesn't give us every little detail about heaven. It's probably a good thing. It allows us to actually look forward to getting there and finding out just how good it is. We get to kind of wonder what types of things will be there. How good is it? Is it really going to be? And don't worry. Heaven is not just going to be this boring place where you float around on clouds with fat little baby angels playing harps next to you. I mean... That sounds like the worst. Let's be honest. That sounds boring. I mean, look at the picture. Even the fat little baby angels look bored with this. Who who decided this is what heaven would be like? Hey, you know what would be great? If we could all just float around on some clouds while some chubby baby angels played harps and shot us with little love arrows. Yeah, that sounds like heaven. What? I I don't know. Maybe it's for some people. It does not sound like heaven to me. And, And really... This isn't really how God describes heaven in his word. The way God describes heaven, it it makes it sound like there's going to be a lot going on. We are not going to be bored. I mean, maybe heaven, let's think of it less like drifting around on clouds and more like a constant celebration. It's it's like a party. Maybe, Maybe a festival like Riverbend here in Chattanooga would be a better description of heaven than, than just drifting on clouds with little chubby baby angels all around. I mean, heaven is going to be a never-ending victory celebration with a chorus of 10,000 times 10,000 angels singing and a feast to end all feasts. There's going to be a new city, a city shining brighter than gold with golden streets and and springs of living water flowing past the tree of life, all surrounding in the middle the throne of God where he dwells in the presence of his people face to face with light shining brighter than the sun. Chubby little babies floating on clouds? Not exactly. It's so much better than that. And keep in mind, this is just, just the brief overview of what heaven will be like. It's just giving us a taste. It's whetting our appetite for all the amazing things that we're going to experience there in heaven. And I wonder if maybe as Christians, we don't talk about heaven enough. I don't know. What do you think? How about today? Let's do that. Let's, Let's spend one morning just talking about heaven and all the joys that we get to experience there. Let's, let's talk about the glorious future that is already as good as ours. Let's talk about our new home that God's already getting all set up and prepared for us. Let's, let's listen to God and let him tell us what heaven is really like. First of all, here in the book of Revelation, we have God describing heaven as a new creation, a new world that we get to call home and enjoy. And it's kind of fitting that here at the end of the Bible in Revelation, we have a description of a new creation, a new world. It's the perfect bookend to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, the creation of 
this world, you're kind of going to notice everything comes full circle here, except this time, this new heavens and new earth is going to be way better than the first one we're talking about in Genesis chapter 1. And, and God, he didn't just decide to give up on his creation after the fall into sin. No. Already at the fall into sin in Genesis chapter 3, already there, he sets plans in motion for a restoration. A new home. Even better than the first one. We're going to enjoy this, this new home. This new heaven and this new earth. And we talk about new things. New doesn't always necessarily mean better. But here in this case, with the new heavens and the new earth, it is absolutely better. This new creation means that the old has become obsolete, that it should be restored and replaced with something else, something better. God is, is giving us an extreme home makeover, a really good one. This, this new city, this new Jerusalem, it's going to be even better than the Garden of Eden. Definitely going to be better than old Jerusalem sitting over here in Israel. I mean, that stuff's old news. We don't, we don't need that. This new city. And maybe just imagine your favorite national park or your favorite city, your best vacation. And then kind of raise the roof maybe 10,000 times so or so and just maybe then you'll get kind of close maybe to how good heaven's going to be. We can't even imagine how good this new home, this new creation will be. And when we're in our new home, we also get to have a new experience, a new relationship with our God. There, we get to see him face to face. I think that's maybe one of the most overlooked parts of heaven, and maybe, maybe the best part of heaven. Getting to see God in the flesh with your own eyes, your Savior. And God, he, he lets us know that this is a fact, that we will see him face to face. And he talks about it as a reunion, kind of a, the picture of a, of a wedding, a wedding scene, right? He said that, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. We're looking forward to heaven like a bride and a groom look forward to their wedding day, that permanent joining together. Our new homes being beautifully dressed up and, and getting ready for us. And one of the most beautiful things that you can see on this earth, a bride dressed up for her wedding, that's the glimpse that God gives us of what our new home's going to look like, how beautiful it's going to be to our eyes. And just like a, a bride and a groom joining together, we get to live with our God. We, we get to dwell in his home with him. We don't ever have to leave. We get to be with him in our new creation, our new world, our new home. And God, the voice from the throne in heaven, makes this clear for us. He said it about five different ways. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. We are his. He is ours. His home is our home. We look forward to experiencing 
our relationship with God in a whole new way in heaven, face to face. Hard to imagine how good that's going to be. So we've got, we've got a new creation, we've got a new relationship, and here in verse 4, we get a new order of things. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. We've kind of learned to deal with the sad and painful things in this life, the old order of things. I mean, we're kind of used to it now, right? But in heaven, our new home, God will wipe every individual tear from our eyes. In our new home, there won't be any need for tears. We won't, we won't ever need to cry them. There'll be nothing to make us sad. E- even the final enemy to be destroyed, death, even that, God says, will be non-existent. And it's kind of hard to imagine a, a place and a time where that kind of the shadow of death will not cast its gloom over anything, never be hiding out in the background waiting. It's hard to imagine that, that it's just gone. And can you imagine never feeling pain, never having to mourn anymore? I mean, no more broken bones, no more sore backs, no more getting old and worn down, And no more experiences of of loss or grief or ever having to say goodbye. Hard to even imagine that. Hard to imagine that there'll be no crying out under stress and pressure. I mean, that's really hard to imagine in our stress-heavy culture. I just, the, the crazy high expectations that are out there for everyone. Stressful. Can you even imagine not having to, to labor or toil or stress about your job and your responsibilities. Can, can you imagine just enjoying the moment and not stop enjoying the moment? Not having to worry about getting back to the things you got to get done and achieve when you're done with that moment. We can't even imagine that. But that's what we'll get. And what makes heaven so great, it's, it's not just that it's a new and better place. It's also great because of what's not going to be in heaven. The old order of things, the order of sin and death and pain and grief, gone. Make way for the new order of peace and joy. Heaven sounds great. Of course, even the person with the strongest faith out there might sometimes still kind of wonder, is all this just too good to be true? Is it? Are, Are we fooling ourselves into thinking we got something better coming in our future than what we have right now? I mean, we compare what God says about heaven with what we can see right now and don't really match up so, so well, do they? We look with our eyes and we can't see what the Apostle John saw, the, the, the multitude of people around the throne singing to the Lamb on the throne. We can't see that. With our eyes, we see tired, worn out people, tears streaming down. We see lines of grief etched into people's faces. 
we see a, a world groaning under the oppression of death, tearing people and nature and, and whole civilizations down to dust over and over again, a repeating cycle. We see the effects of sin all around us. We, we see the murder of innocence, wars and rumors of wars, the love of people growing cold for one another. We look with our eyes and we, we see sin. We see it within ourselves. Ugly thoughts. Words that we wish we could take back. Actions that, that prove, yeah, we're not always the saints we want to be. Maybe heaven seems too good to be true because that new order of things is just is so foreign to what we see with our eyes. Maybe heaven seems too good to be true for a wretched sinner like me. I mean, how could I ever get to live in such a good place? I wouldn't fit in. God shouldn't want someone like me there. When we look with our eyes, we, we can't see our future victorious home yet. Not yet. Not with these eyes. But God, the voice on the throne in heaven, lets you know this glimpse of your future is not too good to be true. And you are not too unworthy to be there. God made sure of that. Listen to what he says. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Maybe, maybe you noticed something significant here. God switched tenses. He, he went from talking about our future to talking about the present. He's telling us that already, right now, he is making everything new. The process has, has already begun. He's already made us new creations by faith, by our baptism. He's already given us new hope through Christ and what he's done for us. He's already preparing our new home for us in heaven. It's all happening right now, already making everything new. We get to experience, we get to have a little taste of that new order of things, even today, while we still live under the old order in this kind of sad, flawed world at times. And God, lets, he, lets, he wants us to know that Heaven is our victorious future. It's also our current confidence, right? He told the Apostle John, don't miss this. Everything I just told you about your new home, about heaven, write it down. Don't miss it. You got to have this in writing. This message is true. Trust it. Believe it. Be confident that you're going to get what I'm telling you you're going to get, a home with me forever in heaven. And God, God even says something in the past tense, you noticed? Something that continues up into the present. He said, it is done. The sacrifice made. Sins atoned for. A resurrection achieved. Forgiveness won. Christ did it all for us. It is done. It is finished, Jesus said. The story of your salvation has already been written. 
And God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the A through Z, the beginning and the end, he lets you know, he assures you that you get a victorious end in heaven. And, and even then, it's not the end. It's just the beginning of your whole new face-to-face life with God in a perfect place. And all along the way on your pilgrimage towards your new home, you're being provisioned with the clear, refreshing waters from the spring of life. And God has always given you this water without cost. It's free. So drink your fill of this water. Don't be stingy. Drink it up. And when you think you've had enough, have some more. Go for it. This living water, this spring, is the word of God. That message of free forgiveness and salvation that God is watering you with even right now, today, when you're here at worship, all week long. He's watering you with that message of forgiveness and love that he has for you and his son. Drink it in. This is the living water that Jesus spoke about to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. In John chapter 4, he told her, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Drink in this gospel message. You won't ever thirst for more than what Jesus already freely gives you. See, the Lord, he wants you to know heaven is your victorious future and it's your current confidence. And and this even changes the way we look at those future promises within the first four verses we were looking at earlier. Yes, right now we do not yet dwell with God face to face, but God came to dwell with us. Jesus took on human flesh to be one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. God himself took on flesh to save us so that we know that one day in the flesh, with our own eyes, we will get to see our Savior face to face. And, and already, Christ is preparing his bride, the church, as just someone who's going to stand perfectly beautiful in front of him. He's cleansed her by the washing with water and the word. He's removed every stain and wrinkle of sin. She is perfect in his eyes. You and I are perfect in our Savior's eyes because he already gave us his robe of righteousness. You've already got the clothes that you're going to be wearing in heaven. Already yours. You're good to go. And so now now today... With your eyes, you'll not yet see that future victorious home you get to be in. Not yet. And as you look around at the people here with you today at worship, what are you going to see? You're going to see tired and happy people. You'll see young and old people. You're going to see hurt and healing people. You're going to see overwhelmed and hopeful people. And then you're also seeing right now, you're seeing people gathering at the foot of the Lamb on his throne and receiving from him living water from his word. 
a victory announcement. You're seeing people with crowns fit for heaven placed on their heads. That's what you're seeing right now. Whether it looks like you're seeing that or not, it's what you get. Even now, tears are being wiped off of faces by your Savior. Even now, pain and grief are being swallowed up with good news. You have Jesus with you now. He'll lead you home to a better country, a new home, your home. Amen.